0: Welcome back to the Greenlight Podcast. I'm Jackson. I'm Lauren. And we are here. What are we doing here, though, Lauren?
1: What are we doing? We are talking about old and new content, movies, TV shows, stuff like that, and whether or not we would greenlight it based on the facts.
0: Yes, correct. The facts, the content a little bit too. The research
1: surrounding everything. Um, yeah, so obviously, again, if you listen to our other episodes and skipped last week, this is a bit of a deviation from what we normally do. Yes. Um If you want an
0: explanation for that, go to last week's episode because we have- it
1: might have also been the week before. Go to the week before's episode to
0: listen to that. Yeah. Uh but yeah, actually, and as a matter of fact, if you were a big fan of the old the old ways and you're like, (laughs) man, I wish they'd go back to that, don't worry, because next week we are. Yes. Uh, we actually just did our writer interview. It's popping. <laughs> and then we've already recorded the script we're pretty much ready to go for next week episode honestly
1: yeah so yeah that's again going to be since we're doing that once a month now um that our regular old format is going to be next week and also you know once every four weeks yes following correct that.
0: i also might take that time to probably do our original de- detour segment next week i might talk about Shit's creek next week i'm 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 debating whether because I'm, I was thinking about talking about Shits Creek on the show, mm. and then talking about the documentary behind Shits Creek is like a ramble episode. Oh, because sure, I think that'd, that'd be, be kind of cool. Yeah, let's do it. So yeah, that that might be what I do. We will see. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, also, thank you for sticking with us. If you're still listening through our old content and our new content, we really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, we, we like. The, I know I had a lot of fun doing the new format last week, and it's just a little bit easier. Like for instance, last night I was able to write notes. At from like midnight to one thirty, and it's like I I can't we can't do an interview like that. We can't record right. a script like that, you know. So it's it's just a lot easier on us. Don't worry, we're still putting in the work, but it's it's just going to look slightly different for three out of the four weeks of the month.
1: Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, housekeeping. Yes, housekeeping. All right, let me see. We don't have any. We new do not have any new reviews. That's yes. okay. Um. No,
0: it's not okay. Well, Lauren, okay. don't lie to them.
1: Please <laughs> give us a five star review. Uh, review meaning writing something with it. Um, that is. Like, for some reason, with the algorithm, much more helpful than just a rating, even though we do appreciate five-star ratings as well. Yes. So yeah, get on Apple Podcasts, do that. I know you might have to log in for a minute, but yeah, we would hugely appreciate it, especially as we try to move up the charts, potentially get sponsors down the road.
0: Big time. Big time. We'd love it.
1: Another way you can directly support us is by joining our Patreon. You
0: can open our pockets and put money directly into it.
1: That is correct. Uh, but the thing is, it's not just you know you giving us money because you like us. We're not just charity case, right? We're not. Even though we would take money that way, and yes, we actually we do have a PayPal set up for that. Yes, but, please uh, <laughs> do that
0: too.
1: But <laughs> we're um, happy to be
0: a charity case.
1: <laughs> but anyway, uh, but yes, we have a Patreon. Has lots of exclusive bonus content, kind of like that Schitt's Creek documentary episode that Jackson mentioned doing for a ramble. That will yes. be available at any
0: level on our Patreon, any single as level. well
1: as lots of green lit episodes, couple road trips. So we have some good stuff on there.
0: Yes, we sure do. So that's that. Um, What else? We
1: have any other housekeeping stuff? Uh, Follow
0: us on Instagram at tgl underscore pod on it. Yeah, Uh, Twitter as well. uh, uh, Yeah, on social media: Instagram and Twitter at tgl underscore pod. At Greenlight Pod on Facebook. Greenlight Pod. Yes.
1: Okay. Okay. Also, we
0: have another podcast. Who is that podcast?
1: Yeah, too much. (laughs) Where we
0: talk about the Mass Singer. That one's popping off. That that train's headed to the moon. So. Hop uh, on
1: while you still can. Yes,
0: please. <laughs> uh, all right. I think we're ready to dive into these two films okay, that we dive. have for this week.
1: Do we want to go old to new again or do we want to switch it up?
0: I think we should switch it up because we went old to new last time and it turns out we both still have the same, like, Lauren has old again and I have new again. Yeah. So maybe we switch it up. Maybe we go new to old.
1: Okay. Especially good.
0: especially because this new one is, like, new new.
1: That's It's very new. It
0: is uh, roughly, by the time you're hearing this... A week old?
1: Something like that. A little
0: over a week old.
1: I think you should tell the people what it is, Jackson. (laughs) Oh my
0: god. Have them guess. Have them (laughs) that for a second. If you couldn't tell what I was doing, because probably not. Godzilla vs. Kong. The one, not necessarily the most ambitious crossover in history. However, it's up there.
1: It also has been done before.
0: (laughs) Save, save, save. I talk a lot about it. Okay. (laughs) So don't worry. Uh, Yes. So Godzilla vs. Kong is a 2021 film just released on HBO Max and in theaters. Uh, this is that I actually don't really talk about this in my uh, in my talks about it, but uh, I'm gonna talk about it right now. This is actually kind of a good sign for people who like going to the movies because this movie has actually been doing very well at the box office compared to like especially in the last year when movies haven't been open. Uh, Godzilla vs Kong has kind of uh, been a resurgence that people were hoping for. If you like going to the movies, uh, etc. I also think it is a sort of good sign for people who want to keep this uh idea of movie streaming and being in theaters at the same time because i think Godzilla versus Kong kind of proves that um you can have both, and that if it's a movie that people want to see in the theaters, they'll go see it in the theaters still. Like, I agree. if I wasn't scared of dying because of COVID, I would prefer to see this movie in a theater just yeah. because it's a big spectacle. You know, you want to be surrounded by the lights, by the sound. It, it's a, it's a, it ca- has the potential to be an immersive experience, and I think a lot of movies like that will still do very well in theaters.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, and it is really nice, of course, to be able to watch it at home. We do have HBO Max, but I yes, know pre pandemic we also had AMC A List.
0: Yeah. Which was and that just was nice too.
1: So nice because it's like you can see three movies a week and yes. pretty much no one has time to see three movies a week. Like you're pretty much never going to hit that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, pretty, pretty great.
0: And for LA, it was like you see two movies and it's already overpaid for itself.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Because so it was like what, like twenty eight dollars a month or something? I thought it was like
0: twenty four or something. I don't remember. It was, that might it have was, been with tax. It was cheapish. Yeah. Anyways. So Let's dive into it, shall we? Let's dive. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about just what this movie is about, just in case you don't know. Um... Not that the plot is something that you That's need to focus to say. super hard You're on. I are
1: suggest that there's a plot to this movie besides two giant behemoths fighting?
0: This is the next movie in the MonsterVerse. So the previous movies in the MonsterVerse uh, that I have all talked about on the show before are Godzilla from 2014, Kong Skull Island in 2017, and Godzilla King of Monsters in 2019. So here's a brief description. With the world still shaken from the battle between Ghidorah and Godzilla, humanity has begun to try and coexist with the Titans. But after Godzilla begins his own reign of terror, humanity must call on another legend to stop him, Kong. Not everything is as it seems when Monarch travels to Skull Island, where a mysterious young girl known to communicate with Kong must warn him of impending danger. As Godzilla rages across nations, destroying everything in his path, the fate of the world is in the hands of these two legendary titans, as both Kong and Godzilla battle for the right of king and to stop the real threat that faces them. Whoa! So that's pretty much that's pretty much the the plot. To to summarize it even briefer, Godzilla kind of going crazy. Who can stop him? Uh, the big monkey that we have. Then they try they lead Kong to like his homeland. This is getting it more into the plot, uh, which is Hollow Earth, which is a really cool part of the movie because it is very spectacular. In order to find a power source powerful enough to like stop him, uh, they fight a lot. And that's all I'm going to say.
1: He has an axe. That's in yeah. the trailer. It,
0: yes. that oh, His axe is so cool. But uh, it, I will leave it up to your imagination to, is this a Batman versus Superman situation where they end up coming together to defeat a larger enemy? Who knows? That
1: was kind of in the plot <laughs> synopsis that you just
0: read. Uh, it said, uh, and to stop the real threat. That, we don't know that's it's a larger enemy. It could be the humans. Which, I mean, true. Yeah, true yeah, either way. Um, We'll let you guess, I yes. guess. So, let's talk a little bit about who is involved in this movie, and I, to be honest, am probably going to be brief with the actual humans involved, because once again, doesn't matter. So, this was directed by Adam Wingard. Uh, He seems, from in my research on him, he seems to be like a horror director. He directed really? the live-action Death Note, uh, a, a spinoff of Blair Witch Project, and some other horror movies that I haven't really heard of this is definitely hit the biggest movie he's ever done, which I think is interesting. Wow. Uh, this is written by a large team of writers. There's five people, which is sheesh. Sometimes not a great sign. Uh, Eric Pearson, Max Borenstein, Terry Rossio, Michael Daughtry, Zach Shields. Three of them were involved in the story. Uh, Rossio, Daughtry and Shields. Terry Rossio actually has a massive amount of writing credits. Uh, he, uh, wrote, uh, some of the pirates of the Caribbean movies, All of the Shrek movies, Treasure Planet, and a 1998 Godzilla movie, as well as Aladdin. (laughs) I have to
1: tell you that after hearing that he wrote the Shrek movies, my respect for him increased tenfold. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, the Shrek movies are great. Maybe we should talk about all of those at some point. (laughs) Anyways, uh, Michael Daughtry is well involved in Godzilla King of Monsters and some other action movies, which I feel like makes a lot of sense, some of the X-Men movies and Superman Returns. Uh, <laughs> excuse me zach shield seems to have worked a lot with daughtry because they have similar critics uh eric pearson who is actually one of the writers straight writers on this uh wrote thor ragnarok the upcoming black widow movie and uh oh, agent wow. carter tv show so a lot of marvel yeah. projects that and then stands. yeah and then max borenstein is probably the most hefty uh Titan veteran because he was involved in the writing of 2014 got all of the previous Monsterverse movies. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, so he kind of picked picked someone from everywhere.
1: Yeah. So what I wanna know is which one of them wrote the completely unnecessary scenes with Millie Bobby Brown.
0: <laughs> um I'm gonna guess, because I de- I do have to guess. Um I'm gonna guess Michael Daughtry.
1: The one who wrote the other MonsterVerse movies? No, that's Max Borenstein.
0: I think Max Borenstein knows what the people want by now. Okay. (laughs) I think it's fine tuned (laughs) enough after this is being his fourth one writing that he probably knows. Uh, so let's talk about who acts in this movie a little bit, not just our, our two big fellas. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård, who, uh, from Tarzan, Big Little Lies. Millie Bobby Brown, as you know from Eleven on Stranger Things, Enola Holmes, and in the previous Godzilla King of Monsters movie. Uh, Rebecca Hall, who I know from The Town. Uh, she's Ben Affleck's love interest, and she was in The Prestige as well, as a, well as a few other things. Oh. Brian Tyree Henry uh, plays Paperboy in Atlanta. Uh, Shun Oguri, uh, is actually, this is actually his English language film debut. Oh, He's wow. He's a... a from what I can tell, a huge actor in Japan. He has over 100 credits. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> yeah, but uh, this is an English-language debut. Eliza Gonzalez, who was in Baby Driver and Hobbs and Shaw. Julian Dennison, who was in uh, Deadpool 2 and Christmas Chronicles 2. So he's he loves his sequels. Yeah. And then Kyle Chandler of Friday Night Lights fame. Lauren, there's a reason why I didn't spend too much time talking about these actors.
1: Is it because they're not really important to the story? It is because its also isn't really a story. I
0: could have put any single person in these roles, and I probably would have cared just as much about this movie. <laughs> I'm good, and and that is that is no detriment to the actors themselves. I think they all do an admirable job. But when I not
1: about them. when
0: I see a movie titled Godzilla versus Kong, I'm not going <laughs> in it for the acting. <laughs> I'm just not. Unless we're talking about the 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 moments of of silence between Godzilla and Kong, there is some great. Actually, one girl I didn't talk about, uh, the girl who plays, uh, oh, as I mentioned, little the little kid, the deaf kid. I thought she was great. And there are some lovely moments, I think, between her and Kong.
1: I agree; those are great. Well, and especially since, too, you know, I'm sure Kong is mostly animated. Yeah. So she was having those emotional moments with a green blob, probably. Yes,
0: exactly. So, I wonder if admirable. Her, I wonder if her parents al- will allow her to watch this movie. Probably not. Right. Kind I don't of violent know. for mm. a, for a six year old child or however old she is. But interesting enough. So let's talk about him, Lauren. Let's talk. The big boys. Thickums, if you will. Ew, what? The Thickums. So, let's talk about the man whose name appears first in the title, which may be a bit deceptive, as I'll talk about later, but Godzilla. So, I have a lot of Godzilla facts. I was It was actually a lot of fun researching this one. Okay. Godzilla is the longest-running film franchise. There have been 36 Godzilla films <clears throat> in, in different films. Godzilla has been portrayed as everywhere between just a purely destructive force to an ally of humans, a protector of Japanese values, and a hero to children. Hmm. Uh, The first Godzilla film, which was in 1954, uh, Godzilla was sort of a symbol for a nuclear holocaust from Japan's perspective, which I think is really cool, especially you see him here. And it's a little bit like there's definitely some morals that that we'll get into uh, in a bit. Um, So the producer of that first Godzilla movie stated that the theme of the film from the beginning was the terror of the bomb. Mankind had created the bomb and now nature was going to take revenge on mankind. (laughs) So just sort of a cool backstory as to how Godzilla started, etc. As I said, 36 films. 36 Godzilla films. I'm not going to name them all. I'm going to name some of my favorite. So obviously there was Godzilla in 1954. Not favorite as ones I've seen, just favorite based solely on title. <laughs> uh, there is was Mothra vs. Godzilla. I, I, I'm a Mothra fan. There was Monster Island's Decisive Battle, Godzilla's Son, 1967. Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, 1974. Godzilla the Animated Series in 1984. Hmm. Godzilla 2000, Millennium. What year do you think that was released?
1: Probably 1995, I think. 2000. What? Are you kidding me? I'm not. Wow. All
0: right. And, of course, King Kong Kong vs. Godzilla. Now, you may be thinking wait a minute, I thought the title was Godzilla vs. Kong. Well, you're right. However, the movie I'm talking about was from 1962. Yes, these two titans have seen each other on screen yes. before. So this I will was...
1: say, this is the outside of the current MonsterVerse. <laughs> this is the only Godzilla or King Kong related movie I've seen. It's You've the seen old... this film? Yes, I have. I did not know that. Jackson, That's how many times did I mention that leading up to us
0: watching this movie? <sighs> how many times? Yeah,
1: I watched it with my family at one point.
0: It was It's bonkers. So, <laughs> we're going to move past me forgetting that. <laughs> this was the third movie in the Godzilla series. Uh, it was the first time either character appeared on film in color and in widescreen. Wow. So, kind of a revolution for both of these characters. Um, so, I'm going to talk a little bit about this movie, just because I think it's cool to see all kind of the parallels and just how different it was. Yeah. So, the original Japanese version is almost a bit of a comedy. Um, it uh, uh, it is, follows a man, Tako who is the advertising director of Pacific Pharmaceuticals, which sponsors an educational documentary show. Frustrated by the show's low rating, Tako realizes he needs a story with more punch. He orders two of his men uh, on an expedition to Faroe Island to capture a giant monster known as King Kong so that it can be used in the advertising. Uh, just as the exposition is underway, Godzilla emerges, sets his sight towards Japan. They eventually fight, uh, and be, and in, caused by a bit of this media frenzy. So, this movie was meant to be a satire of the television industry in Japan, and the outrageous programming and publicity stunts that were used to attract audiences' attention. Which is, I feel like, very different from what we get in Godzilla vs. Kong, the one yeah, definitely. from today. So, uh, I think that's really interesting. Uh, If you watch this movie, as Lauren has, you'll know that both Godzilla and Kong... Are two men in suits. (laughs) Yes, they are. Yes, they certainly are. So originally, they wanted it to be stop-motion animation, actually.
1: Really? Yeah,
0: but that was too expensive. (laughs) So so they ended up just putting two dudes in suits and let let them have at it. On a miniature city. (laughs) On a miniature city, and it's... Glorious. I watched a bit of their fight scene. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen the whole thing. What was your take on it when you watched it, Lauren?
1: Well, I was like 10, so I thought it was super boring. Oh, <laughs>
0: uh, that makes sense. Yeah. I wonder what if it holds up. I think it's on YouTube. We should watch it, actually. I
1: think I would enjoy it now, I to think, be honest.
0: P- put a couple drinks in like, me. I'm
1: sure it's ridiculous. <laughs> I would
0: have a great time, I'm sure, with Maybe that movie. should be
1: our April Greenlit.
0: Maybe. Hmm. That's not bad. Not bad.
1: Tweet at us if that's what you want us to do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, another interesting fact about this movie specifically, uh, at this time, King Kong was actually seen as the bigger draw, so he was given top billing. Interesting. Um, and, a bit of a spoiler for this movie, he was given sort of the de facto victory, uh, at the end of the movie. He sort of comes out on top, we don't see what happens to Godzilla, obviously who makes it out alive, but it's sort of implied that Kong comes away as the winner, which I think is a, an interesting thing. One more Godzilla fact. Across the 36 movies, Godzilla films have grossed $2.4 billion. With a B. With a B. All right. Now moving on to our furry counterpart, King Kong. Only 12 films in total. However, he first appeared in 1933, about 20 years before Godzilla appeared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, two movies in that same year. There was King Kong, and then there was Son of Kong, both released in 1933.
1: So, they knew that King Kong was going to be a hit. They went ahead and made the sequel.
0: Apparently. But, the next movie in the franchise wasn't until King Kong vs. Godzilla. There was almost a 30-year break in between, uh, those movies. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, some of the ideas, uh, we talked about sort of what, uh... Godzilla represented now what King Kong represents a bit. Uh, so uh, King Kong is supposed to be sort of a warning against mankind's desire to exploit nature for personal gain. Kind of similar with what we see in Godzilla. Now, there have also been, if you're if you're in the know about King Kong and just a bit of the history, uh, there have been sort of accusations of racism in the original film mm-hmm. um, with the depiction of Kong and the islanders, etc. The creator disputes that. Here's what the creator says. Uh, He's talking about the climactic scene here. Um, The inspiration for the climactic scene came when, as he was leaving his office in Manhattan, he heard the sound of an airplane motor. He reflexively looked up as the sun glinted off the wings of a plane flying extremely close to the tallest building in the city. He realized if he placed the giant gorilla on top of the tallest building in the world and had him shot down by the most modern of weapons, the armed airplane, he would have a story of the primitive doomed by modern civilization. So that was sort of his idea with it. Hmm. You can draw your own conclusions about what you think about that. It was the 1930s, so it it's not necessarily great for the man. However, etc., etc. Uh, as opposed to Godzilla, which has a lot of sort of just sequels, I would say... Um, Godzilla, or King Kong actually has more remakes, I would say, especially considering such a smaller, uh, body of work. Uh, there have been two remakes of the original film, um, not the one in 1976 and then one in 2005 with Jack Black as the star, interestingly enough. Um, and then, uh, these movies total have grossed $1.3 billion worldwide. Most profitable was a close tie between 2005's version and Kong Skull Island. So, between the two movies, we have almost $4 billion of total gross behind it. And, I would say, personally, probably two of the most famous movie titans of all time. I would say the two most famous. Like, I I don't know if I can think of any others off the top of my head.
1: Just, like, big monsters? Yeah. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah. Uh, The other gorilla in Rampage. Not nearly as famous.
0: George. 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 And, you know, I'd say... Broaden that out a bit, because I know the first King Kong is almost considered a horror movie. I don't know if there are even bigger, like, horror icons than these two.
1: Yeah, because I feel like a lot of horror movies are people or humanoid. Like, I don't think there are any just big monsters like yeah. this that we see in a lot of horror movies especially now.
0: Exactly. At, at, at least there is well known. Like I would say Godzilla and King Kong are as well known as people like Jason, Freddy, people like that, you yeah. know, uh, the the other horror icons. Uh but slightly different movies but still sort of along the same vein. So, that's sort of what I have for what we got behind this movie. Okay. I think with this You have movies not only that are very popular in the United States, but also very popular overseas. True.
1: And they have at least one actor who's very, very popular overseas, and a lot of people who are also very popular in the U.S.
0: Yes, exactly. I think you have a lot behind this movie, and you have a lot of history behind this movie, and to be honest, you have in this specific franchise, the MonsterVerse starting in 2014, you have a good body of work leading up to it. Like, once yeah. again, I've watched all of these movies, and they are they are solid films. Now let's talk about my thoughts about this movie. So. To watch this movie, I suggest, turn off your brain, <laughs> don't think too hard about the plot, and just enjoy, you pop, pop open that, that wrapper, and you just eat that cheeseburger. Cause you are in for a very very fun ride with this film. There's many action sequences. There, I I would say honestly, the movie's probably at least like a third action. Do you? How much of it did you end up watching with us?
1: Um, I think I came in maybe like twenty minutes in. Yeah, but then I saw the rest.
0: Yeah, like the the action sequences are are good, and they're also like pretty lengthy. So like yeah. I feel like you get you get your bang for your buck with the action sequences. Um, I, that being said, as as I've been talking about, I was kind of just waiting to get to the fighting. Like I was like, all right, let's move this plot stuff along. The storyline was fine. You know, once again, the actors did good with with what they were given. Uh, I like seeing Brian Tyree Henry. Uh, his storyline. <laughs> Everyone was fighting for a dead relative or wife or husband. Uh, so that kind of got, I don't want to say that got old because that sounds rude nah. of me, but it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Everybody's got a similar motivation, but you know, the most, truly the most compelling parts of it for me were the parts about like the treatment of these creatures, like how, how we treat King Kong and Godzilla as two titans two creatures who could destroy cities without blinking too hard and you know just just how society treats them as 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 sort of a metaphor for like treatment of animals etc cetera, etc cetera. so i i kind of like that aspect of the plot everything else is just like is just a, a moving me along to get to the next fight scene yeah you know One thing that I find interesting about this movie is, and I don't know if you got this, uh, but I feel like this is, like, this is Kong's movie. Like, while it is, while they, you know, roughly maybe, I wouldn't even say they have equal screen time. I think Kong probably has more screen time.
1: Yeah, well, because I think that Kong has a lot more character development to do. Yes. You know, Godzilla is sort of this, like... Eternal godlike being who yeah. probably never had much of like uh, a family. He isn't really given any kind of emotional, yeah, you know, story. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, Kong is with
0: Kong. We go through this journey of him finding his home where his family lived. He goes through this struggle, and we, like we're there for most of it. Yeah. You know, sort of this him. Finding the axe, etc., etc., and while Godzilla is a big part of this movie, Kong definitely, I would say, if between the two, is more of the protagonist. Um, they both come across as sympathetic, though, I would say, even though Godzilla is obviously more of just a figure in this. We get more Godzilla like backstory, I feel like, in King of Monsters. So, if you're looking for that, watch that movie. I love them both, they're both great. Um, uh, one one thing, one sort of small thing that I appreciate about this movie is the color. Like, I feel like in the past, like, especially the two previous Godzilla movies, it was very dark. Very, very dark. Very, very dark, which I think is, you know, especially where C- with where CGI was, it's like, you know, sometimes you don't want to put something that looks bad, so you just put something that looks dark. I think in this movie the CGI looks great, and they do a great job of in the fight scenes and throughout just having like these vibrant colors. Like I yeah. loved that second to last fight scene, the one, the last fight scene, straight up between Kong and Godzilla, where they were fighting in Hong Kong. Yeah, all those bright lights I thought were beautiful, For and sure. they they really popped. I think, Lauren. I I know I'm probably going to do this to a lot of movies, but I have to green light this movie. I have to. <laughs> okay. I, w- I, it has $4 billion of success behind it.
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, because I personally am just not really into movies like this. And that's fair. You know? And yeah. I mean, so I think I, as a human, like, I mean, I came in 20 minutes in. You know, I was not that interested in watching this movie. Yeah. Um, But at the same time... If I were a studio, I mean, again, like $4 billion of success, yeah. and, like worldwide appeal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would have to greenlight this movie. However, I think I would probably... Never watch it. Yes. And also... <laughs> well, I would probably cut out the scenes that had Paperboy, Millie Bobby Brown. And I also... <laughs> Sheesh. Again, like you said, because... Well, I to be fair, I did not see... Godzilla King of Monsters that also had Millie Bobby Brown's character in it. Yes. But she felt very unnecessary in this. And honestly, like you said about how um you didn't think the actors like they could have put anyone in those roles. Yes. I probably <laughs> would have hired some cheaper people. You That's know, That's interesting, sure. Like to to be in those roles, you know, maybe get some newcomers, stuff like that, just because it's like you're spending so much on CGI and people yeah. are going to see it for Godzilla and Kong, yeah. not the the people who show their faces, you know? I think that's so, smart, yeah. Yeah, that's what I would
0: do. Okay, very fair. As a studio. As a studio. All right, but big old green light for me. <laughs> Put it on my screen, I want to watch a big monkey and lizard fight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, shall we move on to our other movie? Shall. Okay, so I'm really just, a, last week, you know, I did She's All That, uh, building off of our Dump Month episode, and this is... The movie I did this week is another one that I talked about a little bit and she's all that. It's Scream, 1996. Yes, you did. Um so the crossover was that Matthew Lillard was in both and his big break was actually in Scream. Um yes. Okay, so Scream is a 1996 horror movie. Uh, there yes, are four scream movies out currently. There's actually another one coming out in 2022 that's it's just called Scream, but based on the what they've announced about the plot, it doesn't sound like a remake. Yeah. So I'm not totally sure. And like there's a lot of like the original director, a lot of the cast is returning, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So anyway, um a year after the murder of her mother, a teenage girl, Sydney Prescott is terrorized by a new killer called Ghostface who targets the girl and her friends by using horror films as part of a deadly game. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, a big part of Scream is that um, there are just so many other horror movie references in this. Uh, The director, Wes Craven, is primarily known for horror movies. Oh, Um, yeah. So a couple of the ones he directed, uh, he wrote and directed The Last House on the Left, as well as the remake of The Last House on the Left. Um, So that was before this. He directed the first Nightmare on Elm Street, Mm -hmm. not the sequels. Um, of course, all four screen movies, and he's going to direct the one that's coming out in 2022. Um, he did The Hills Have Eyes, uh, original and remake. He directed seven Twilight Zone episodes wow. um, before this. And he, uh, just fun fact, discovered Johnny Depp.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. What movie was he in? Um, or did he just like...
1: He was in Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Johnny Depp was? Yeah. I didn't know that. I've never seen that, to be fair. I haven't so. either, actually. Little... that's Nightmare on Elm Street is one of those movies that like... Freaks me out because it's like with other people, it's like okay, maybe I could outrun him, maybe you know I can outsmart him, but it's like with with <laughs> Freddy, it's like he's in my head, you know, <laughs> like, sure. like, like I can't yeah, outrun like that. You can't,
1: you can't get rid of that. Yeah. yeah,
0: you don't want inside this head, Freddy. Trust me, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a fun time. Yeah,
1: actually, another fun fact: um, one of my professors at Western directed Nightmare on Elm Street too.
0: Oh wow, that is a fun fact.
1: Yeah. Um. Anyway.
0: But yeah, uh, Wes Craven. I feel like I I even though I haven't seen a ton of those movies, I've heard his name. You'd i definitely feel like definitely heard that name. A, v- yeah. a very horror uh, icon, for sure. Yeah.
1: So, uh, this movie was written by Kevin Williamson. Uh, Scream is his first IMDb credit.
0: Whoa.
1: Yeah, so I feel like this is like... Starting out with a bang, you I fella. feel like this has to just be a situation where, like, he was not hired to write this script. He wrote this script and sold it. Like, I think yeah. that was probably the situation where he sold it to a production company. Oh, yeah, You sure. know? Um. And then he did... Well, yeah, he he wrote all the Scream movies. He also wrote, I know what he did last summer, uh, at least the first one. Ooh, I didn't see the credit for the second one. Um, he wrote some episodes on Dawson's Creek. He wrote a lot of episodes on The Vampire Diaries. Oh, he also wrote, wrote Scream, the TV series. Um, yeah, those are kind of all the big things Scream that Man. I, I had, was familiar with that he did. Um, so that's cool. Um, okay, let's get to some actors.
0: Shall we? So, They're much more important in this one.
1: Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So uh, our leading lady, Sydney Prescott, Nev Campbell. Um, I actually assumed her name was pronounced Neve, but it was like in her personal trivia on her IMDb that it was pronounced Nev. Nev, yeah. So anyway, uh, so she got her big break in the series Party of Five, uh, it ran from 1994 to like I think... 2000 or 1999 yeah um but her first big film break was scream uh she was considered to be tv's most believable teenager mm. so and i mean i think that definitely shows Good in this for movie her. she's well i think she's just a very like grounded actress yeah um i'd say that's that's kind of what i would say about her so um since then she's most well known for being in all of the scream movies obviously yeah um as sydney prescott spoiler she doesn't die in this uh as well as house of cards Hmm. But here's the thing. She has a musical theater background.
0: So really?
1: yeah, so she's from huh. Canada. And when she was 16, oh, she became the youngest person uh to, you know, at that time uh to ever be cast in Phantom of the Opera. So she was in the Toronto cast, which, you know, is affiliated with the Broadway show, obviously. Yeah. It's just a different location. Um, she was a chorus girl and also understudied from Meg Geary, so that's interesting. Hmm. And In 2003, she was offered to play Velma Kelly on Broadway, but turned it down because she was promoting her dance movie, uh, The Company, which I had never heard of, so maybe she should have taken Velma, I don't know. (laughs) But anyway, um, she uh, has she was with the um i believe it was the national like canadian ballet academy that's cool um yeah from the ages of like 9 to 14 she wanted to be a ballerina started taking lessons when she was 6 and um unfortunately quit dance due to injury but that was that sort of dance background helped her land like that role in hmm. um phantom of the opera um what else yeah and then she also i know she turned down roles in a couple other dance movies as well because she was working on her own dance movie the company sure um and i guess there was like a conflict issue with that um okay so let me see another fun little fact that is sort of related to nev campbell um so in this first scream movie at one point, uh, a character says, If they made a movie about this, who do you think they'll get to play you? Yep. And then Dewey says, I'll see you, I see you as a young Meg Ryan. And she says, Thanks, but with my luck, they'll cast Tori Spelling. Well, this is a spoiler, but Scream 2 is basically a movie within a movie situation where they are making a movie based on the first Scream called Stab. Mm. And guess who they get to play? Sidney Prescott. Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, she didn't get her feelings hurt and they were able to make that a bit. So, <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay, let's move on to Courtney Cox. Courtney. Yeah. So, Friends. interestingly enough, she actually, I mean, well, obviously Friends was like her big big break. Yeah. She had a lot of kind of like small roles on sitcoms and stuff like that before this. So, uh she was in one episode of the Love Bo- Boat as a character named Carol. She was in two episodes of Murder, She Wrote also as a character named Carol.
0: Hmm, interesting. <laughs> um Strange. What's she was your in seven episodes of The
1: Trouble with Larry, one episode of Seinfeld. Uh, just a lot of small things like that, but obviously her first big thing was playing Monica and Friends. That started a couple of years before Scream happened, so she was probably definitely cast in Scream based on her performance in Friends. Yeah. Um, I guess just another fun thing that she did, she was in an episode of Modern Family as herself. So, there's that. Uh, But yeah, we know who Courtney Cox is, so let's move on to david arquette
0: yay yay
1: okay so david arquette another name that we probably know uh so he again didn't do a ton of stuff before this movie i think this was really his first big break but some other stuff he did he played keith two-bit matthews in the tv series of the outsiders in 1990 kit
0: two-bit matthews
1: yep uh keith two-bit matthews keith two-bit yes. matthews <laughs> uh he played todd hawks on parenthood the tv series from 1990 1991 he was in uh he played benny in buffy the vampire slayer he was in one episode of friends in 1996 as malcolm which was the same year this was released nice um okay so yeah after scream again this was probably his big big break more or less um He was in Never Been Kissed, 1999. He played Robert Geller, also with Drew Barrymore, who was in this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was in Muppets from Space in 1999 as Dr. Tucker. He played himself in so many WWE appearances. Interesting. All the way from WCW, Monday Nitro, WCW WCW, Thunder. Um, He was in... He made an appearance in WrestleMania 21. He made many Raw and SmackDown appearances, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, And then he was in It's a Very Merry Muppet Christmas Movie, 2002. A big Muppet guy. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, he looks like the kind of guy who would appear alongside Muppets, you know?
0: (laughs) A a a Muppet cohort, if you will.
1: (laughs) Um, Okay, so yeah, I mentioned Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Uh, So she is Casey in this movie. She is, spoiler alert, killed right at the beginning. She's kind of like, one of the two big murders that this movie, that's thats the inciting incident of this movie, basically. But she has yeah. a pretty long scene at the
0: beginning for someone who is not going to be in the rest of the movie. Well, the interesting thing about this, and I don't know if you talk about this later, so if you do, you can just tell me to shut up, but this murder was actually, like, huge. Like, it was a really big deal at the time. Because it was gory. <laughs> well, it was gory, yes, but also because Drew Barrymore was, like, the biggest star of the people in this film at the time yeah like she was the biggest name yeah and so to have her go out at the beginning and to be killed immediately it kind of sets a tone for the movie that no horror movie had really ever done before yeah
1: well i actually have a fun fact about that later okay save save okay uh so drew barrymore obviously she's from a huge acting family um a lot of theater but also a good bit of film in that family as well um, okay. So her kind of big break, but also is it really a big break if you're from a huge acting family? Was when she was 6, she was the main girl in ET. Yes. Um, big thing. Uh, let me see. She was in Wayne's World 2. She did this. She was in Charlie's Angels, The Wedding Singer, Never Been Kissed, like I said, 51st Dates and Jackson. She yep. played Olive in All of the Other Reindeer.
0: Yes, she did. I remember that yeah. very distinctly.
1: Uh, she was also in Beverly Hills Chihuahua, some voice work. Um, Greatest Yeah, among other things but Great yeah, as one of the chihuahuas, I assume Yes <laughs> um, Okay, moving on to Skeet Ulrich
0: Boo, I think Ulrich. Boo. Yeah, so here's
1: Billy um, He looks like a young Cindy's Speaking boyfriend. of Johnny
0: Depp He looks like Johnny Depp in this movie A young okay, Johnny Depp Okay, here's the
1: thing He was literally cast because he looks like Johnny Depp <clears throat> Really? Because this director <laughs> discovered Johnny Depp, like I said And cast oh, wow. him in Nightmare on Elm Street Yeah, Skeet? that was in like the trivia for this movie That <laughs> makes
0: sense, Skeet yeah. Skeet. Skeet Ulrich, if you're listening, Skeet. come on the pod. We'd love to have you on Yeah. just no. about yeah. no, I mean, just He did about do a life. great job,
1: but he also just like looks like such a scumbag in this movie.
0: <laughs> yes, he does. A bit of a you greasy know? man. Yeah. Like Johnny Depp, but a little greasier. <laughs>
1: yeah, so he was in this movie called The Craft, also with Nev Campbell. Um, he was in 64 episodes of Riverdale as F.P. Jones. Wow. Uh, he did some VO, actually a lot of VO, in Robot Chicken. Oh, okay. Um. And the thing is, again, this was also his big break because the only really notable things I think he'd done before this was he play- had uncredited roles in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and no Weekend way. at Bernie's.
0: Whoa. His role in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was thug. Ah, makes sense.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's Ski Ulrich. Yes, it uh, is. His picture of him on IMDb looks like older, but still the same. You know, like the facial expression is still the same. Yep. Uh, okay, Jamie Kennedy, who played Randy... Um, so again, just like this was his big break, this was a lot of people's big break. Yeah. Um, like you know, like you said, Drew Barrymore was the most famous person in this movie for sure. Um, so he was in something called California Dreams. He played his character was named Sea Kelp in 1994. Nice. It was a series. Uh, lots of stuff I just haven't heard of. He was an extra in Dead Poet Society, that's considered his debut on IMDb. Okay. Um, I feel like a lot of the people I've looked up for both this one and She's All That, maybe it was just, like, more okay for you to list your extra roles as your credits or something before. Maybe, I yeah. don't know. But yeah, a lot of these people have, like, roles that are just background, like, listed on their IMDb. Sure. Um. Anyway, but that could just be stuff that other people added as, like, a fun fact. That's very true. So, uh, he did some VO in Dr. Dolittle 2. He was in King of the Hill and Malibu's Most Wanted and Jackson. Yep. He was in The Sand.
0: Oh, no way.
1: Yeah, that terrible horror movie with Mitchell Musso. Oh, I recall the same. Yeah, well, I'm I'm telling all of our listeners, Jackson. Sure. Yeah, it's hilarious and awful. It's just like sand that eats people.
0: Awful is a good description it's for amazing.
1: it. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> amazing in the worst way. Uh he was also a character in Lucifer the series. Um okay, so those are all the big actors that I really talked about. Um So let's get into some trivia. So I have a few that are not included in my Two Truths and a Lie. You missed one. What? Our boy! Oh, you mean, um... You
0: missed our boy!
1: You mean Henry Winkler?
0: No. Matthew Lillard. Did you not talk about Matthew oh, Lillard? Oh, well,
1: I talked about Matthew Lillard last week. Well, he's so in this figured, movie. Yes, of course, Matthew Lillard is in this movie. Also, Rose McGowan Sorry. is in this movie, who
0: you might uh, recognize Yeah, out there. So, but that, we're done with people.
1: Well, yeah, I guess I do have one more thing quickly to say about Matthew Lillard. Sure, um, because I would love similar to. Similar to how I talked about how Skeet Ulrich got this role. Yes. Um, Matthew Lillard got this role because he accompanied his girlfriend to an unrelated audition that was in the same building. No way. The casting director saw him in the hallway and asked him to audition for this role, and he got it.
0: That's ridiculous. Bruh. That's ridiculous. <laughs> As an
1: actor, are you kidding that me? That stuff
0: don't happen anymore, I swear.
1: I know. <laughs>
0: I should just start- I have ha- to
1: come with you to every audition from now Yeah, on. I was gonna say- I'll just peep on the Zoom
0: call. <laughs> we just have to start hanging around audition rooms <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> once, once stuff opens See back up. See if something up. happens. Yeah. Well, but
1: I also just imagine, like, Maybe people just no-showed, or, like, why is the casting director just looking for people to audition? Like, did she just see so many bad people that she was like,
0: screw it, I'm just gonna go in the hallway? <laughs> I don't know, I mean, maybe to a certain, maybe she was just going out to use the bathroom, she sees him, and he's like, huh, that looks like a... And, I mean, obviously, Matthew Little had to have some talent to then get the role, you know? Of course, know? Yeah. But, like, it it is still crazy that it's like, hey, we have some time, come audition for us, please. yeah crazy
1: anyway um okay so yeah a couple things okay let me just make sure i don't say one that is included in the two truths and a lie before okay. i get there one two three okay we're good uh yeah just a couple quick trivia things so obviously a lot of this movie is on one night it's a big party scene so that scene is like, is 42 minutes of the movie.
0: Wow, okay.
1: It was shot over 21 days. Sheesh. The crew got shirts made that said, I survived scene 118. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it was just so long.
0: <laughs> what, one thing that I, th- because that I find... Because here's the thing,
1: they had to have a lot of those party extras for, like, a lot of those days. Yeah, you know? that's true.
0: Well one, one thing that I find interesting about that is... One of the reasons, spoiler alert, I liked this movie is because it never felt long to me. And yeah. I wonder part of the reason why is because so much of the movie takes place sort of in this climactic moment. Yeah, in like a know? bottle
1: episode kind of yeah. thing. yeah.
0: Just an interesting thought. Well, that's
1: the thing. Because, you know, this movie starts off so strong, like a murder right off the bat. You yes, know what it I does. mean? Yeah. And like, so there's definitely a lot of those... We feel that tension with Sydney the whole time, but yeah. there are parts of the other movie that I think are meant to sort of throw you off guard because all these other characters are joking about the murder, exactly. acting like nothing's happening. Um, yeah, and I will talk more about just like my overall thoughts about the movie in just a bit. Yes. But yeah, so that scene was 42 minutes. It's also kind of crazy too that that whole thing was considered to be one scene. You know, it wasn't broken up into other Yeah. I mean, it could have obviously. They probably broke it up into like 118A, 118B. No, for sure, yeah. 118FFF. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly. Anyway, um, okay, so we t- I talked a little bit about just like some um references right to other movies. Yes. So, Wes Craven obviously directed Nightmare on Elm Street, and at one point they do talk about um Freddy Krueger. You. you know, they talk about yep. Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy Krueger, so I thought that was super interesting. It is fun. Um. But there's also a Halloween reference. Uh, Casey's dad, so Drew Barrymore's dad, mm-hmm. tells the mom at the beginning when they first start to figure out something is wrong, yeah. uh, to quote, "Go to the Mackenzies," which is also what Laurie tells Lindsay and Tommy to do in the first Halloween movie. Oh no way, that's fun. Yeah, like exact quote, "Go to the Mackenzies." Wow. Um, so that's fun. Okay. Um, one so, more before I get to the. Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh uh, no, I I just I just think it's interesting because what this movie came out in '96. I think like a lot of those slasher movies were like from the decade before in like yeah. the 80s, which is when they're, where they're really popular. So I, j- I just think that's cool that this obviously pays much homage to it. And yeah. to a certain extent, not necessarily a parody, but at least calls back to a lot of those movies. You well, know? Here's,
1: here's actually another fun fact that I did not put on this list, but this movie was originally called Scary Movie. Which was Was eventually adopted as a movie that is a parody of Scream. Yeah.
0: Yeah. True. (laughs) So,
1: yeah, that's just a fun fact. Okay, last one before I get to Two Truths and a Lie. Around the 52-minute mark, Henry Winkler opens a closet. Yes. That's right before he gets killed. The Fonz. And his black Fonz jacket from Happy Days is in the closet. Is it really? Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch it.
0: That's so fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah uh okay so
0: save your tooth through alive for the end because i say i saved, oh, okay. I saved okay. mine for the end okay uh, i so... was kind of
1: wondering why you didn't do yours yeah okay so let's talk about some overall thoughts so this is like my favorite horror movie i really love scream so what's your favorite scary movie
0: <laughs> i feel like with a lot of like older horror movies it's like you know, I I like watching like eighty slashers and stuff like that. And sometimes but it's they're not, not because. But are usually like
1: scary? That I
0: was going to say. Times. Sometimes it's not because of how scary they are. Sometimes it's just like nostalgia and like cool seeing stuff. From, and it's fun from to them. laugh at
1: the effects and stuff yeah. sometimes.
0: This, I think, is just like a genuinely good, like pretty scary movie in itself. And I think one of the reasons it does that, and I'm sure I don't want to step on yours since this is your movie that you want to talk about. Go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say cuz I just I feel it. like this might have been something you were about to say. One thing that I think is interesting about this movie is there are like three people who seem like they're definitely the murderers. Oh,
0: I would that that is what I was going to say. Yeah. I would say more. I would say literally they made I feel everyone like anyone. look bad. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone is suspicious. Pretty in much this
1: everyone movie. except for Sydney looks bad because I mean because we see her like get attacked. You know, yeah. a lot of other people suspect her. Exactly. But yeah, the fact that they make everyone look bad makes it you know, you really am, are not sure who the killer is going to be. Correct. And that's really the flip side of what we see in a lot of other horror movies where everyone seems innocent and one person is secretly like malicious. You yeah. know, they make everyone seem like they're the worst. Everyone's and then, malicious. <laughs> you know, it's um, I guess this is a spoiler. Skip ahead 15 seconds if you haven't seen this movie um it turns out to not be just one but two of yes. the people who were suspicious
0: one person who i knew from the start <laughs> yeah i could have i could have told you that that man <laughs> was and i know who, you know who i'm talking about yeah <laughs> that man was the killer from the very top yeah easily anyway easily. um
1: yeah so good stuff with that i mean yeah i again just generally think it's a great movie and as an actor who has not had her big break yet yes um I I just really love it when a movie finds this much success and mm-hmm. it has a cast of mainly newcomers. Yeah, you know, or mainly people who haven't done like a whole lot that's mainstream.
0: For sure. I mean, I I think it's interesting because a lot of horror movies. I think the reason why there are so many horror movies made and why it, is because it's a very popular genre.
1: Yeah, and, and people will see the genre without necessarily needing the pull of a lead actor. Exactly. Like a big, big actor. And so.
0: Uh, It's a lot of like actors like get cast in horror movies. It's kind of a trope, if you will. Yeah, and they're also just like kind of cheap to make, which is why they're they're made. You know, you can you can have just like a couple people. You can have one location, kind of like how this movie. Do you know the uh, the budget of this movie?
1: Um, go talk about something else. Let me look that up real quick.
0: Okay, uh, I thought the acting is great. Uh, the acting was great throughout, and and once again, just like I think. This movie sets its tone from the beginning with killing Casey's character, killing Drew Barrymore. And then from there, sets it up like no one's safe, you know? Yeah. When, when you see the person who you think is probably going to be the main character and they die immediately, you know no one is safe. You know, anything could happen from, exactly. from the rest of the movie. And I think that that's great.
1: Yeah. So uh, the budget to scream was $15 million. That's pretty low. And it made $173 million. And that's pretty high in yeah. comparison. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Horror movies are good for that.
1: That's right. Um, I wonder
0: how much of that money went to Drew Barrymore. I don't know. Probably a decent percentage, I would guess.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Which is I'm going to talk about that a little more later, too, with oh, my whoa. Two Truths and a Lie. Whoa, whoa, Um. Okay, so in, speaking of Two Truths and a Lie, are we ready for that?
0: Well, what's What's your verdict? You didn't say your verdict.
1: Oh, oh my gosh, my verdict. Of course I would green light scream. Are you <laughs> kidding me? As a sure. studio, I think like there's room for a little bit of you know just hesitancy um just because it's a new writer mostly new cast but at the same time this is a seasoned horror director yes and i think if you read the script and have faith in it and like it you know i think you can trust that big of a director to know what he's doing especially since he was pretty heavily involved in the casting for this
0: yeah
1: and you know and also just like Tends to have pretty good taste in actors, considering yeah. he, again, discovered Johnny Depp. He also cast uh, Bruce Willis in his first Twilight Zone episode. It was one oh, of wow. the ones he directed. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah. Um, well, there you go.
0: All right, do you want me to go first, or would you like to go first?
1: Well, you have to do your verdict, too. Duh.
0: Oh, green. Yeah. I know we we green all of these movies so far. I promise we'll find one that we don't green We're going
1: to start watching some bad movies, too. Don't worry. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. So do you want me to go first? Or do you want to go first? Either one. All right. Well, this is our two truths and a lie segment, everyone. This is a segment where we bring some facts from the movie, except one of them isn't. So the other person has to guess which fact is the lie. Uh, I'll go first, since I went first to start with. Fact number one. This is the largest that both Godzilla and Kong have ever been in a movie. With Godzilla standing at 393 feet tall and Kong standing at 336 feet tall.
1: As in, like, just compared to the buildings, since they're CGI.
0: <laughs> what do you mean? I, like, not, not. I'm not saying. What do you mean with CGI? I mean, like,
1: well, just like, like in
0: world, they're that tall. Okay. What, what's, and, like? Is that said <laughs> in the
1: movie? Do they say how tall they are in the movie? It just seems weird that like they would arbitrarily say they're this tall when they're CGI.
0: Oh well, like. <laughs> Don't ask questions.
1: All right. That's <laughs> the lie. Can,
0: you can't ask questions. <laughs> that's not fair. Well, th- okay. The, the, their heights were released. Like, they, talk, oh, they talked okay. about it. Yes. Okay. <sighs> so, this will be the second film featuring King Kong to star Kyle Chandler. However, it is not in this series. Kyle Chandler previously appeared in the 2005 version of King Kong, even though that's not connected to this uh, movie at all. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then fact number three, this is the second time Kong shoved something down Godzilla's throat during their battle. This time it was an axe handle rather than a tree like he did in the original King Kong versus Godzilla.
1: Okay, now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure he did that. So I'm going to go with number
0: one. (laughs) You're going with number one? Yes. Okay, it is number one, but that's not, I feel like that wasn't fair, because you asked questions that I obviously couldn't answer.
1: Well, I know, but it just, it seems weird to declare that a CGI thing is a certain height, is all I'm saying.
0: I don't think that's weird at all when you're talking about <laughs> creatures.
1: Well, because it's just like, if it was in the script, and it was like, oh, Godzilla's 393 feet tall, like.
0: Well, those heights are real. Like, those are their actual heights that they stated. The oh, the, okay. the lie is that it's not their biggest... This is the biggest Kong has been, but not the biggest Godzilla has been.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I guess you weren't lying about that part. Yeah. Okay. Which is,
0: well, and that's why I didn't want to, like, say it, even though I should have. Okay. You suck. Oh, Go ahead. sorry.
1: All <laughs> right, ahead. Well, here's mine. Uh, so first, I told you I was going to talk more about Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore was actually offered the role of Sydney, but took the smaller role because she had a conflict with Wayne's World 2. Okay, um, and in her contract, like part of the I'm taking the smaller role, I'm still gonna do it mm-hmm. is she is the person on the poster, not Sydney, like not uh, Nev Campbell. Oh wow, okay. yeah. um anyway, uh, another one, caller ID, the use of caller ID in tripled uh, the use of caller ID tripled after the release of this movie because people get killed over the phone. yeah, yeah, and they're like, who is that? Sure. Um, last one. Ghostface's robe was almost going to be white, but they were afraid it would look too much like a KKK robe.
0: Mm. See, that seems fair. (laughs) Um, So I know, I don't know where, I know that Drew Barrymore, I think, I'm pretty sure was offered the role. I don't know about the, the poster thing. I can't remember if she's in the poster or not. I think she's in the poster. Could you read the second one again? The second one was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: The second one was the use of caller ID increased three times after the release of this film.
0: I have to imagine that that is true, but I wonder if the number is right. I wonder if you're throwing me off with the number. I'm not trying
1: to throw you off with the number. It's just it increased or it didn't.
0: Okay. Um, Was caller ID invented back then? (laughs) That's interesting. Um... And then the KKK. I don't know if once again I don't know if that's true or not. However, I could see it maybe being true. If not, GG's to you for thinking of a, a good clue. <laughs> I'm actually gonna go with the second one. I the don't color know if, ID one. Yeah,
1: actually, Drew Barrymore was never offered this role. She is on the poster really? though. It's her, not uh, Sydney Prescott.
0: Was she not? I thought I saw that somewhere. Huh. Interesting. Molly
1: Ringwald was offered this role.
0: Oh, interesting. So was she in Rain's World too?
1: She was Drew Barrymore was in Wayne's World too. Molly oh. Ringwald. I don't know why she turned it down,
0: but oh okay, um, interesting. Yeah. Well, there you go. I was
1: trying to lace some lace some truth in there with it. Th- that's yeah, that's what I figured. yeah, if you want to look at the poster, it's funny because they both have like those big eyes and like full lips and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, I looked it up, and this is Drew Barrymore on the poster. She has blue eyes, and Neve Campbell has brown eyes. Oh. But I looked it up to confirm just to make sure they didn't like change her
0: sure. color. Sure. 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 Anyway,
1: sure. yeah. Uh, I guess that's our episode for this week, huh? I believe
0: that is our episode for this week.
1: All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I hope you did better at Two Truths and Alive and Jackson. Well, and I hope
0: you're better at answering true truths <laughs> and a lie than Lauren. Uh, so uh, that was our episode. Once again, if you want to support us, we talked about it all at the beginning. Please do that. Uh, if you have a suggestion of a movie for us to watch, we let us know. Love to hear it. And And we wouldn't mind it. Yeah, we, we might do it, especially if it's a movie you don't like. And we'll see if we do and maybe red light something for once. Yeah. But uh, for the green light, I am Jackson. And I'm Lauren. And that's our show. Boom. we